Chapter One of Wild Animals I Have Known by Ernest Thompson Seaton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter One, Lobo the King of Currumpaw. Currumpaw is a vast cattle range in northern New Mexico. It is a land of rich pastures and teeming flocks and herds, a land of rolling mesas and precious running waters that at length unite in the Currumpaw River, from which the whole region is named and the king whose despotic power was felt over its entire extent was an old gray wolf old lobo or the king as the mexicans called him was the gigantic leader of a remarkable pack of gray wolves that had ravaged the currumpaw valley for a number of years all the shepherds and ranchmen knew him well and whenever he appeared with his trusty band terror reigned supreme among the cattle and wrath and despair among their owners old lobo was a giant among wolves and was cunning and strong in proportion to his size his voice at night was well known and easily distinguished from that of any of his fellows an ordinary wolf might howl half the night about the herdsman's bivouac without attracting more than a passing notice but when the deep roar of the old king came booming down the canyon the watcher bestirred himself and prepared to learn in the morning that fresh and serious inroads had been made among the herds old lobo's band was but a small one this i never quite understood for usually when a wolf rises to the position and power that he had he attracts a numerous following it may be that he had as many as he desired or perhaps his ferocious temper prevented the increase of his pack certain is it that lobo had only five followers during the latter part of his reign each of these however was a wolf of renown most of them were above the ordinary size one in particular the second in command was a veritable giant but even he was far below the leader in size and prowess several of the band besides the two leaders were especially noted one of those was a beautiful white wolf that the mexicans called blanca this was supposed to be a female possibly lobo's mate another was a yellow wolf of remarkable swiftness which according to current stories had on several occasions captured an antelope for the pack it will be seen then that these wolves were thoroughly well known to the cowboys and shepherds they were frequently seen and oftener heard and their lives were intimately associated with those of the cattlemen who would so gladly have destroyed them there was not a stockman on the currumpaw who would not readily have given the value of many steers for the scalp of any one of lobo's band but they seemed to possess charmed lives and defied all manner of devices to kill them they scorned all hunters derided all poisons and continued for at least five years to exact their tribute from the currumpaw ranchers to the extent many said of a cow each day according to this estimate therefore the band had killed more than two thousand of the finest stock for as was only too well known they selected the best in every instance the old idea that a wolf was constantly in a starving state and therefore ready to eat anything was as far as possible from the truth in this case for these freebooters were always sleek and well conditioned and were in fact most fastidious about what they ate any animal that had died from natural causes or that was diseased or tainted they would not touch and they even rejected anything that had been killed by the stockman their choice in daily food was the tenderer part of a freshly killed yearling heifer an old bull or cow they disdained and though they occasionally took a young calf or colt it was quite clear that veal or horse flesh was not their favorite diet it was also known that they were not fond of mutton although they often amused themselves by killing sheep one night in november eighteen ninety three blanca and the yellow wolf killed two hundred and fifty sheep apparently for the fun of it and did not eat an ounce of their flesh these are examples of many stories which i might repeat to show the ravages of this destructive band many new devices for their extinction were tried each year but still they lived and throve in spite of all the efforts of their foes 
a great price was set on lobo's head and in consequence poison in a score of subtle forms was put out for him but he never failed to detect and avoid it only one thing he feared that was firearms and knowing full well that all men in this region carried them he never was known to attack or face a human being indeed the set policy of his band was to take refuge in flight whenever in the daytime a man was descried no matter at what distance lobo's habit of permitting the pack to eat only that which they themselves had killed was in numerous cases their salvation and the keenness of his scent to detect the taint of human hands or the poison itself completed their immunity on one occasion one of the cowboys heard the all too familiar rallying cry of old lobo and stealthily approaching he found the currumpaw pack in a hollow where they had rounded up a small herd of cattle lobo sat apart on a knoll while blanca with the rest was endeavoring to cut out a young cow which they had selected but the cattle were standing in a compact mass with their heads outward and presented to the foe a line of horns unbroken save when some cow frightened by a fresh onset of the wolves tried to retreat into the middle of the herd it was only by taking advantage of these breaks that the wolves had succeeded at all in wounding the selected cow but she was far from being disabled and it seemed that lobo at length lost his patience with his followers for he left his position on the hill and uttering a deep roar dashed toward the herd the terrified rank broke at his charge and he sprang in among them then the cattle scattered like the pieces of a bursting bomb away went the chosen victim but ere she had gone twenty-five yards lobo was upon her seizing her by the neck he suddenly held back with all his force and so threw her heavily on to the ground the shock must have been tremendous for the heifer was thrown heels over head lobo also turned a somersault but immediately recovered himself and his followers falling on the poor cow killed her in a few seconds lobo took no part in the killing after having thrown the victim he seemed to say now why couldn't some of you have done that once without wasting so much time the man now rode up shouting and the wolves as usual retired and he having a bottle of strychnine quickly poisoned the carcass in three places then went away knowing they would return to feed as they had killed the animal themselves but next morning on going to look for his expected victims he found that although the wolves had eaten the heifer they had carefully cut out and thrown aside all those parts that had been poisoned the dread of this great wolf spread yearly among the ranchmen and each year a larger price was set on his head until at last it reached one thousand dollars an unparalleled wolf bounty surely many a good man has been hunted down for less tempted by the promised reward a texan ranger named tannery came by one day galloping up the canyon of the currumpaw he had a superb outfit for wolf hunting the best of guns and horses and a pack of enormous wolfhounds far out on the plains of the panhandle he and his dogs had killed many a wolf and now he never doubted that within a few days old lobo's scalp would dangle at his saddle-bow away they went bravely on their hunt in the gray dawn of a summer morning and soon the great dogs gave joyous tongue to say that they were already on the track of their quarry within two miles the grizzly band of currumpaw leaped into view and the chase grew fast and furious the part of the wolfhounds was merely to hold the wolves at bay till the hunter could ride up and shoot them and this usually was easy on the open plains of texas but here a new feature of the country came into play and showed how well lobo had chosen his range for the rocky cadence of the currumpaw and its tributaries intersect the prairies in every direction the old wolf at once made for the nearest of these and by crossing it got rid of the horsemen his band then scattered and thereby scattered the dogs and when they reunited at a distant point of course all of the dogs did not turn up and the wolves no longer outnumbered turned on their pursuers and killed or desperately wounded them all that night when tannery mustered his dogs only six of them returned and of these two were terribly lacerated the hunter made two other attempts to capture the royal scalp 
but neither of them was more successful than the first and on the last occasion his best horse met its death by a fall so he gave up the chase in disgust and went back to texas leaving lobo more than ever the despot of the region next year two other hunters appeared determined to win the promised bounty each believed he could destroy this noted wolf the first by means of a newly devised poison which was to be laid out in an entirely new manner the other a french canadian by poison assisted with certain spells and charms for he firmly believed that lobo was a veritable lobe garou and could not be killed by ordinary means but cunningly compounded poisons charms and incantations were all of no avail against this grisly devastator he made his weekly rounds and daily banquets as aforetime and before many weeks had passed cologne and laloche gave up in despair and went elsewhere to hunt in the spring of eighteen ninety three after his unsuccessful attempt to capture lobo joe cologne had a humiliating experience which seems to show that the big wolf simply scorned his enemies and had absolute confidence in himself cologne's farm was on a small tributary of the currumpaw in a picturesque canyon and among the rocks of this very canyon within a thousand yards of the house old lobo and his mate selected for their den and raised their family that season there they lived all summer and killed joe's cattle sheep and dogs but laughed at all his poisons and traps and rested securely among the recesses of the cavernous cliffs while joe vainly racked his brain for some method of smoking them out or of reaching them with dynamite but they escaped entirely unscathed and continued their ravages as before that's where he lived all last summer said joe pointing to the face of the cliff and i couldn't do a thing with him i was like a fool to him this history gathered so far from the cowboys i found hard to believe until in the fall of eighteen ninety three i made the acquaintance of the wily marauder and at length came to know him more thoroughly than any one else some years before in the bingo days i had been a wolf hunter but my occupations since then had been of another sort chaining me to stool and desk i was much in need of a change and when a friend who was also a ranch owner on the currumpaw asked me to come to new mexico and try if i could do anything with this predatory pack i accepted the invitation and eager to make the acquaintance of its king was as soon as possible among the mesas of that region i spent some time riding about to learn the country and at intervals my guide would point to the skeleton of a cow to which the hide still adhered and remark that's some of his work it became quite clear to me that in this rough country it was useless to think of pursuing lobo with hounds and horses so that poison or traps were the only available expedients at present we had no traps large enough so i set to work with poison i need not enter into the details of a hundred devices that i employed to circumvent this lugaru there was no combination of strychnine arsenic cyanide or prussic acid that i did not essay there was no manner of flesh that i did not try as bait but morning after morning as i rode forth to learn the result i found that all my efforts had been useless the old king was too cunning for me a single instance will show his wonderful sagacity acting on the hint of an old trapper i melted some cheese together with the kidney fat of a freshly killed heifer stewing it in a china dish and cutting it with a bone knife to avoid the taint of metal when the mixture was cool i cut it into lumps and making a hole in one side of each lump i inserted a large dose of strychnine and cyanide contained in a capsule that was impermeable by any odor finally i sealed the holes up with pieces of the cheese itself during the whole process i wore a pair of gloves steeped in the hot blood of the heifer and even avoided breathing on the baits when all was ready i put them in a rawhide bag rubbed over with blood and rode forth dragging the liver and kidneys of the beef at the end of a rope with this i made a ten-mile circuit dropping a bait at each quarter of a mile and taking the utmost care always not to touch any with my hands lobo generally came into this part of the range in the early part of each week and passed the latter part it was supposed around the base of the sierra grande 
this was monday and that same evening as we were about to retire i heard the deep bass howl of his majesty on hearing it one of the boys briefly remarked there he is we'll see the next morning i went forth eager to know the result i soon came upon the fresh trail of the robbers with lobo in the lead his track was always easily distinguished an ordinary wolf's forefoot is four and one half inches long that of a large wolf four three quarters inches but lobo's as measured a number of times was five and a half inches from claw to heel i afterward found that his other proportions were commensurate for he stood three feet high at the shoulder and weighed one hundred fifty pounds his trail therefore though obscured by those of his followers was never difficult to trace the pack had soon found the track of my drag and as usual followed it i could see that lobo had come to the first bait sniffed about it and finally had picked it up then i could not conceal my delight i've got him at last i exclaimed i shall find him stark within a mile and i galloped on with eager eyes fixed on the great broad track in the dust it led me to the second bait and that also was gone how i exulted i surely have him now and perhaps several of his band but there was that broad paw mark still on the drag and though i stood in the stirrup and scanned the plain i saw nothing that looked like a dead wolf again i followed to find now that the third bait was gone and the king wolf's track led on to the fourth there to learn that he had not really taken a bait at all but had merely carried them in his mouth then having piled the three on the fourth he scattered filth over them to express his utter contempt for my devices after this he left my drag and went about his business with the pack he guarded so effectively this is only one of many similar experiences which convinced me that poison would never avail to destroy this robber and though i continued to use it while awaiting the arrival of the traps it was only because it was meanwhile a sure means of killing many prairie wolves and other destructive vermin about this time there came under my observation an incident that will illustrate lobo's diabolic cunning these wolves had at least one pursuit which was merely an amusement it was stampeding and killing sheep though they rarely ate them the sheep are usually kept in flocks of from one thousand to three thousand under one or more shepherds at night they are gathered in the most sheltered place available and a herdsman sleeps on each side of the flock to give additional protection sheep are such senseless creatures that they are liable to be stampeded by the veriest trifle but they have deeply ingrained in their nature one and perhaps only one strong weakness namely to follow their leader and this the shepherds turn to good account by putting half a dozen goats in the flock of sheep the latter recognize the superior intelligence of their bearded cousins and when a night alarm occurs they crowd around them and usually are thus saved from a stampede and are easily protected but it was not always so one night late in last november two perico shepherds were aroused by an onset of wolves their flocks huddled around the goats which being neither fools nor cowards stood their ground and were bravely defiant but alas for them no common wolf was heading this attack old lobo the werewolf knew as well as the shepherds that the goats were the moral force of the flock so hastily running over the backs of the densely packed sheep he fell on these leaders slew them all in a few minutes and soon had the luckless sheep stampeding in a thousand different directions for weeks afterward i was almost daily accosted by some anxious shepherd who asked have you seen any stray oto sheep lately and usually i was obliged to say i had one day it was yes i came on some five or six carcasses by diamond springs or another it was to the effect that i had seen a small bunch running on the malpai mesa or again no but juan miera saw about twenty freshly killed on the cedra monte two days ago at length the wolf traps arrived and with the two men i worked a whole week to get them properly set out we spared no labor or pains i adopted every device i could think of that might help to ensure success the second day after the traps arrived i rode around to inspect and soon came upon lobo's trail running from trap to trap 
in the dust i could read the whole story of his doings that night he had trotted along in the darkness and although the traps were so carefully concealed he had instantly detected the first one stopping the onward march of the pack he had cautiously scratched around it till he had disclosed the trap the chain and the log then left them wholly exposed to view with the trap still unsprung and passing on he treated over a dozen traps in the same fashion very soon i noticed that he stopped and turned aside as soon as he detected suspicious signs on the trail and a new plan to outwit him at once suggested itself i set the traps in the form of an h that is with a row of traps on each side of the trail and one on the trail for the crossbar of the h before long i had an opportunity to count another failure lobo came trotting along the trail and was fairly between the parallel lines before he detected the single trap in the trail but he stopped in time and why or how he knew enough i cannot tell the angel of the wild things must have been with him but without turning an inch to the right or left he slowly and cautiously backed on his own tracks putting each paw exactly in its old track until he was off the dangerous ground then returning at one side he scratched clods and stones with his hind feet till he had sprung every trap this he did on many other occasions and although i varied my methods and redoubled my precautions he was never deceived his sagacity seemed never at fault and he might have been pursuing his career of rapine to-day but for an unfortunate alliance that proved his ruin and added his name to the long list of heroes who unassailable when alone have fallen through the indiscretion of a trusted ally once or twice i had found indications that everything was not quite right in the currumpaw pack there were signs of irregularity i thought for instance there was clearly the trail of a smaller wolf running ahead of the leader at times and this i could not understand until a cowboy made a remark which explained the matter i saw them to-day he said and the wild one that breaks away is blanca then the truth dawned upon me and i added now i know that blanca is a she-wolf because were a he-wolf to act thus lobo would kill him at once this suggested a new plan i killed a heifer and set one or two rather obvious traps about the carcass then cutting off the head which is considered useless offal and quite beneath the notice of a wolf i set it a little apart and around it placed six powerful steel traps properly deodorized and concealed with the utmost care during my operations i kept my hands boots and implements smeared with fresh blood and afterwards sprinkled the ground with the same as though it had flowed from the head and when the traps were buried in the dust i brushed the place over with the skin of a coyote and with the foot of the same animal made a number of tracks over the trap the head was so placed that there was narrow passage between it and some tussocks and in this passage i buried two of my best traps fastening them to the head itself wolves have a habit of approaching every carcass they get wind of in order to examine it even when they have no intention of eating it and i hoped that this habit would bring the currumpaw pack within reach of my latest stratagem I did not doubt that Lobo would detect my handiwork about the meat and prevent the pack approaching it, but I did build some hopes on the head, for it looked as though it had been thrown aside as useless. Next morning I sallied forth to inspect the traps, and there, oh joy, were the tracks of the pack, and the place where the beef head and its traps had been was empty. A hasty study of the trail showed that Lobo had kept the pack from approaching the meat, but one, a small wolf, had evidently gone on to examine the head as it lay apart, and had walked right into one of the traps we set out on the trail and within a mile discovered that the hapless wolf was blanca away she went however at a gallop and although encumbered by the beef head which weighed over fifty pounds she speedily distanced my companion who was on foot but we overtook her when she reached the rocks for the horns of the cow's head became caught and held her fast she was the handsomest wolf i had ever seen her coat was in perfect condition and nearly white she turned to fight and raising her voice in the rallying cry of her race sent a long howl rolling over the canyon 
from far away upon the mesa came a deep response the cry of old lobo that was her last call for now we had closed in on her and all her energy and breath were devoted to combat then followed the inevitable tragedy the idea of which i shrank from afterward more than at the time we each threw a lasso over the neck of the doomed wolf and strained our horses in opposite directions until the blood burst from her mouth her eyes glazed her limbs stiffened and then fell limp homeward then we rode carrying the dead wolf and exulting over this the first death blow we had been able to inflict on the currumpaw pack at intervals during the tragedy and afterward as we rode homeward we heard the roar of lobo as he wandered about on the distant mesas where he seemed to be searching for blanca he had never really deserted her but knowing that he could not save her his deep-rooted dread of firearms had been too much for him when he saw us approaching all that day we heard him wailing as he roamed in his quest and i remarked at length to one of the boys now indeed i truly know that blanca was his mate as evening fell he seemed to be coming toward the home canyon for his voice sounded continually nearer there was an unmistakable note of sorrow in it now it was no longer the loud defiant howl but a long plaintive wail blanca blanca he seemed to call and as night came down i noticed that he was not far from the place where we had overtaken her at length he seemed to find the trail and when he came to the spot where we had killed her his heartbroken wailing was piteous to hear it was sadder than i could possibly have believed even the stolid cowboys noticed it and they said they had never heard a wolf carry on like that before he seemed to know exactly what had taken place for her blood had stained the place of her death then he took up the trail of the horses and followed it to the ranch house whether in hopes of finding her there or in quest of revenge i know not but the latter was what he found for he surprised our unfortunate watchdog outside and tore him to little bits within fifty yards of the door he evidently came alone this time for i found but one trail the next morning and he had galloped about in a reckless manner that was very unusual with him i had half expected this and had set a number of additional traps about the pasture afterward i found that he had indeed fallen into one of these but such was his strength he had torn himself loose and cast it aside i believed that he would continue in the neighborhood until he found her body at least so i concentrated all my energies on this one enterprise of catching him before he left the region and while yet in this reckless mood then i realized what a mistake i had made in killing blanca for by using her as a decoy i might have secured him the next night i gathered in all the traps i could command one hundred and thirty strong steel wolf traps and set them in fours in every trail that led into the canyon each trap was separately fastened to a log and each log was separately buried in burying them i carefully removed the sod and every particle of earth that was lifted we put in blankets so that after the sod was replaced and all was finished the eye could detect no trace of human handiwork when the traps were concealed i trailed the body of poor blanca over each place and made of it a drag that circled all about the ranch and finally i took off one of her paws and made with it a line of tracks over each trap every precaution and device known to me i used and retired at a late hour to await the result once during the night i thought i heard old lobo but was not sure of it next day i rode around but darkness came on before i completed the circuit of the north canyon and i had nothing to report at supper one of the cowboys said there was a great row among the cattle in the north canyon this morning maybe there is something at the traps there it was afternoon of the next day before i got to the place referred to and as i drew near a great grisly form arose from the ground vainly endeavoring to escape and there revealed before me stood lobo king of the currumpaw firmly held in the traps poor old hero he had never ceased to search for his darling and when he found the trail her body had made he followed it recklessly and so fell into the snare prepared for him 
there he lay in the iron grasp of all four traps perfectly helpless and all around him were numerous tracks showing how the cattle had gathered about him to insult the fallen despot without daring to approach within his reach for two days and two nights he had lain there and now was worn out with struggling yet when i went near him he rose up with bristling mane and raised his voice and for the last time made the canyon reverberate with his deep bass roar a call for help the muster call of his band but there was none to answer him and left alone in his extremity he whirled about with all his strength and made a desperate effort to get at me all in vain each trap was a dead drag of over three hundred pounds and in their relentless fourfold grasp with great steel jaws on every foot and the heavy logs and chains all entangled together he was absolutely powerless how his huge ivory tusks did grind on those cruel chains and when i ventured to touch him with my rifle barrel he left grooves on it which are there to this day his eyes glared green with hate and fury and his jaws snapped with a hollow chop as he vainly endeavored to reach me and my trembling horse but he was worn out with hunger and struggling and loss of blood and he soon sank exhausted to the ground something like compunction came over me as i prepared to deal out to him that which so many had suffered at his hands grand old outlaw hero of a thousand lawless raids in a few minutes you will be but a great load of carrion it cannot be otherwise then i swung my lasso and sent it whistling over his head but not so fast he was yet far from being subdued and before the supple coils had fallen on his neck he seized the noose and with one fierce chop cut through its hard thick strands and dropped it in two pieces at his feet of course i had my rifle as a last resource but i did not wish to spoil his royal hide so i galloped back to the camp and returned with a cowboy and a fresh lasso we threw to our victim a stick of wood which he seized in his teeth and before he could relinquish it our lassos whistled through the air and tightened on his neck yet before the light had died from his fierce eyes i cried stay we will not kill him let us take him alive to the camp he was so completely powerless now that it was easy to put a stout stick through his mouth behind his tusks and then lash his jaws with a heavy cord which was also fastened to the stick the stick kept the cord in and the cord kept the stick in so he was harmless as soon as he felt his jaws were tied he made no further resistance and uttered no sound but looked calmly at us and seemed to say well you've got me at last do as you please with me and from that time he took no more notice of us we tied his feet securely but he never groaned nor growled nor turned his head then with our united strength we were just able to put him on my horse his breath came evenly as though sleeping and his eyes were bright and clear again but did not rest on us afar on the great rolling mesas they were fixed his passing kingdom where his famous band was now scattered and he gazed till the pony descended to the pathway into the canyon and the rocks cut off the view by traveling slowly we reached the ranch in safety and after securing him with a collar and a strong chain we staked him out in the pasture and removed the cords then for the first time i could examine him closely and proved how unreliable is vulgar report when a living hero or tyrant is concerned he had not a collar of gold about his neck nor was there on his shoulders an inverted cross to denote that he had leagued himself with satan but i did find on one haunch a great broad scar that tradition says was the fang mark of juno the leader of tannery's wolfhounds a mark which she gave him the moment before he stretched her lifeless on the sand of the canyon i set meat and water beside him but he paid no heed he lay calmly on his breast and gazed with those steadfast yellow eyes away past me down through the gateway of the canyon over the open plains his plains nor moved a muscle when i touched him when the sun went down he was still gazing fixedly across the prairie i expected he would call up his band when night came and prepared for them but he had called once in his extremity and none had come 
he would never call again a lion shorn of his strength an eagle robbed of his freedom or a dove bereft of his mate all die it is said of a broken heart and who will aver that this grim bandit could bear the threefold brunt heart whole this only i know that when the morning dawned he was lying there still in his position of calm repose his body unwounded but his spirit was gone the old king wolf was dead i took the chain from his neck a cowboy helped me to carry him to the shed where lay the remains of blanca and as we laid him beside her the cattleman exclaimed there you would come to her now you are together again End of chapter one